Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Uh, much better today. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Much, much better. <laughs> you kind of you told me a little bit about how awful Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving? I want to say post-Thanksgiving was. Yeah, yeah, it was post-Thanksgiving, pretty much. Uh, we didn't do anything here uh, on Thursday, Friday, we me and my brother one of my sisters uh you know and our respective significant others and kids if applicable although my brother and his wife are expecting uh their first child uh and congratulations to the pair of them they're really excited and i hope everything goes well um but yeah Aside from that, we did Thanksgiving dinner on the Friday because my sister, she's a nurse, she actually had to work on Thursday. Um, but we got together Friday and had dinner at my mom's. Uh, and, you know, it was fine. You know, nothing out of the way, you know, unpleasant happened or anything like that. You know, just a nice, pleasant get-together. And then I came home and took a nap because, you know, it's what you do uh, after eating a lot of turkey and various other accoutrements to go with the meal so real quick um you know how they always say tryptophan is what causes you to fall asleep when after you eat turkey it's so there's the traces of tryptophan are so minimal it literally has no effect well it's in all poultry here's the thing i found out that tryptophan even on small accounts it it um it makes your brain produce serotonin serotonin is what makes you feel sleepy yeah. Not the trip, and if, and here's the thing: if you eat any big goddamn meal, you get tired afterwards. You get sleepy afterwards because you're comfortable. You're full. So you know that myth that tryptophan in turkey is what makes you go to sleep has been perpetuated over the years, and it's just not true. Yep. You know, you're, you're taking a nap because your stomach is happy. You're going to a food coma. Yeah, you're comfortable. You're happy. You're. It's just the way that it is, but I, I, I found although, that interesting. Although there was an episode of Seinfeld back in the 90s, and I know you're not a fan, but Jerry and George and Elaine went to visit some female friend of Jerry's, and she had an amazing classic vintage toy collection, but she wouldn't let anybody touch it, and they wanted to play with it. So they got her, they made her a big turkey dinner and fed her lots of red wine. So she was like full of red wine and turkey and fell asleep on the couch. Next thing you know, they're all just playing with these classic toys in the background, just having the time of her lives while she's snoring on the couch. I thought that was funny. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds like something you do. Um, Dude, I've totally done that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, my Thanksgiving was interesting, man. Like, so I, I usually don't spend it with my family because my sister likes to host Thanksgiving and Christmas, but her like her side of the family and my brother-in-law side of the family just do not fucking get along for various reasons that I'm not going to go into. But um, 
she what she would try to do is she would try to have a, a Thanksgiving for them or no I'm sorry uh yeah an off or uh, yeah Thanksgiving for them and then Christmas for us that's how it always worked yeah so for the past few years I've been going to my buddy Andy's house for Thanksgiving and he yeah. he, he like smokes two turkeys and his it's usually his that's what um, my stepdad did actually he smoked two turkeys very delicious by the oh way oh my god yes it is um. Because when you make gravy out of that out of that uh, smoky flavor, like the gravy, ta- oh, well, see, I made the gravy this year. I make the gravy every year because I make the kill gravy, and this year it tasted off to me, and it was because it was made with the broth from the smoked turkey. Um, it wasn't bad. It was just wasn't the traditional flavor profile I was used to that goes with everything else. Gotcha. But with the turkey, it went perfectly. But with like the dressing that I normally make, it did not pair well with it. So one of the interesting things that happened that I don't know if they've done it every year, but they definitely did it this year. And that was used a, uh, a turkey broth uh, with the mm-hmm. potatoes when they boil them uh, to, oh, make, to make the yeah. mashed potatoes. So the potatoes took on a certain flavor and then you had the mm-hmm. smoky, the smoky turkey gravy with the turkey. Like I literally, no joke, dude, at, at dinner, I put a slab of, of uh, cause they were all paper plates. So it wasn't huge, but Half the plate was mashed potatoes, the other half was was turkey, and I just covered the whole thing in gravy. Yeah. And I go sit down, and the looks I got were like, the fuck is he doing? Because everyone else had, like, all the extra shit on the plate. And I was just like, I've eaten a fuck ton of hors d'oeuvres at this point. <laughs> like, a fuck ton. I'm good. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Don't don't judge me by your limitations. <laughs> However, and I don't know why, but my body decided that today was the day that it wanted to have a, a migraine. Or oh. Thursday was, yeah. So that whole day, I'm like fighting this terrible, terrible headache. That like, it's one of those headaches where you can feel, I don't know if it was a migraine. I'm not going to call it a migraine because I think it was just a stress headache. Um, I stressed slash tension because it was mostly in the back of my yeah. neck and the top of my head. Those um, are those are tension headaches, dude. Yeah, uh, and a lot of them are brought on by stress. And I'm telling you, Excedrin makes a wonderful tension headache um, brand of you know their painkillers. It um, targets it targets the te- it, it targets those areas and it's such a great re- you really need to get a bottle and keep that on hand because yeah I know you go through that a lot I go through a lot of tension headaches um should I particularly had, lately I had one the other day um but uh, yeah it was that yeah so that day I decided hey I'm gonna have a tension headache today so fucking it it ruined a lot of fun I could have had um. But I tried to have as much fun as I possibly could. And people were just kind of like, you okay, Greg? And I'm like, I have a terrible headache. And they're just like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, sleep. <laughs> but yeah, it's Thanksgiving. I can't really do that. However, there was a moment. What, this was fucking hilarious to me. So um, my buddy has a, has a uh, ta- uh, what do you call it? Drawing a blank. It's a really long, thin table. But it's it's a game, um, shuffleboard. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he has yeah table table shuffleboard. So, uh, oh, so it's not on the ground; it's elevated. Yeah, and it's it's much smaller, so you only have to use your hands. But uh, what it oh, is okay. is that the the 
it's it's this it's this piece of wood that goes like I want to say it's 15 feet long and it's covered in very tiny pieces of silicone that almost look like sand so that way when the puck goes across it's actually riding on top of those but all mm-hmm. the pucks are heavy so with riding on top of those and gravity it'll eventually slow down so you only want to give it you know a little bit of uh a little bit of a push it's really fucking fun um but everyone had gone into the kitchen because this kitchen is attached to the garage so there was nobody in there and it's cold and he had a couch in there and i just fucking i sat down the motherfucker drank a whole bottle of water and i about i passed out for about 45 minutes (laughs) yeah but I, i bet you felt great after that short nap i felt okay I it is it was clear that my headache wasn't gone, but it felt better. So okay, well, um, improvement is yeah. Improvement. But it was really funny because a lot of people are just like, "Where the fuck did Greg go?" And I'm like, trying to not throw up. That's what I'm trying to do. But yeah, it was uh, it was really funny. Um, that being said, uh, what else was I gonna say? It was about th- I don't know. It was about Thanksgiving, but I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, after that, that's when I got to where I wasn't feeling well. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, there was something else like, we were going to discuss, but then. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Friday afternoon, we got home about four o'clock. Um, because you know we did it. We did the dinner early in the day, like one one thirty. It's more like Thanksgiving lunch. Um, because we got up to my mom's about noon. <clears throat> And she just lives a mile away, so. Um, But, yeah, we came home, and I took a short nap, and I woke up, you know, about an hour, hour and a half later. And I wasn't feeling the best. I wasn't feeling great, but I wasn't in a bad way. And then we had MPSP Theater. We did a show that night. Um, And we didn't do a full show. It was more like an hour and a half. Usually we go two, two and a half hours. But we were with a four-man crew instead of the five- and six-man crew we've been doing. Uh, so we had a little bit shorter, and everybody was really tired, and they were full from dinners and stuff. And So we had a short show, and then we did our after-show hangout like we do when we have people who actually watch the show live come in and hang out with us on Google Hangouts. Um, and we just shoot the shit for a while. And, you know, I was in that until about 1230 at night. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go lay down. Did not fall asleep again until three o'clock the next day. Uh, Couldn't sleep, got sick, had stomach cramps and digestive issues, we'll just say, and could not go back to sleep. And it was really messing with me because if I sat upright, I would feel nauseous. So I didn't do anything took a nap fell asleep three saturday afternoon woke up 10 that night still felt like a bag of ass just an absolute 10 pound sack of ass and tried to go back to sleep was ravenous ate some food but not much ate a little bit of food my appetite wasn't quite there either drank a bunch of water had a cup of coffee and before you say, oh, well, the coffee's why you didn't sleep, I can drink a pot of fucking coffee and curl right up and go to sleep. Oh, I've, I've drank a, a whole energy drink and then taken a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coffee coffee doesn't have the effect on me keeping me awake so much. Yes, it helps me get alert in the morning, 
Uh, but I need three cups in my system within the first hour of waking up or I'm a cunt. It's just that way. And, you know, I've been drinking coffee since I was 18 months old. There are pictures of me in footy pajamas, long little blonde curly hair like I used to have uh, when I was a toddler, walking around with a toddler full of coffee uh, in my bottle. So, I mean, coffee is my lifeblood. It always has been. Um, so I was up all night again Saturday night until Sunday. And I was like, oh, fuck, it sucks. I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. And at this point, my mind's just like, I've radically shifted my sleep schedule because I'm normally up about seven or eight in the mornings because, you know, my daughter goes to school. She leaves for school about 20 after seven. She gets up at 630. You know, Misty wakes up, starts coffee and everything. You know, we're usually up early. So I'm usually up no later than seven, seven thirty. And I usually go to bed about two o'clock. You know, I function on about five hours of sleep a night on the average, and that's good. If I get four to five hours, I can function no problem. If I get less than that, I have a problem. But if I get more than that or too much, I also have a problem. Like, five hours is my sweet spot. <laughs> oh, that's the thing, you know, people's physiology, if there's... if it, it, it's, just, it's, it's, uh, it's just It's what your funny. body is accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny to me that it's so specific it really is but you know i've had sleep issues for 15 years like ever since well almost 15 years about about 13 years because they started developing when misty was pregnant with madison and she'll be 13 in may and it started about this time 13 years ago is when my sleep issues started gotcha and if if uh, back then it started the way it started, I would fall asleep at like 12, 1230 at night, wake up an hour, hour and a half later and would not be able, be able to fall back asleep at all. And what is going on like one and a half, two hours of sleep. So they tried me on sleep medications. Then I started sleepwalking and that was fucked up. You know, you think it's funny, but you wake up one night and you're butt naked standing on nothing but a pair of tennis shoes with your keys in your hand on the front fucking porch ready to fucking go driving in your sleep. That's when it's scary. And, you know, all I could think about is like, okay, I could have seriously hurt somebody or gotten myself killed. And even worse, I was like, I could have hurt Misty and the baby. So I quit that medication and you know it's just been a struggle my sleep for years and years and i finally got to where i didn't have the sleep issues anymore and as long as i get about five hours of sleep a night less than six more than four in between so i say five is a good average i function perfectly fine and i can function for a full day you know a full 18 hours before i need to go to sleep um so yeah Saturday night, up all night. Sunday night, up all night. Finally, Monday. And Monday, I was in a haze. And I slept Monday day, you know, from like four. Pardon me, I got a hiccup. Monday day, I slept from like four to eight. <clears throat> Went to bed at midnight. And I slept through until about seven o'clock, 6.30 or seven o'clock. Uh, Tuesday morning. I was like, I think I'm going to be okay. Tuesday afternoon, I did have to take a bit of a nap, but I slept all, but it was only for like an hour. 
and then I slept all through Tuesday night through to Wednesday morning and did it again last night. And today I finally feel good, feel fine. But I was like, my sleep was so off that I was getting nauseous if I sat upright. I was getting headaches. I was, I was just feeling bad, man. So I couldn't function at all. I didn't function for dick for four days. But yeah, I feel great now. And I'm happy. Yeah, I my uh, my folks just caught a cold, and so I'm trying to avoid the fuck out of them. I don't need that shit. I don't need what yeah. you had. I don't need what they had. Fuck off. Uh, I just had, you know, I don't know what it was. Yeah, some kind fuck. of bug. I don't even know if it was that. I just know it was bad enough to take me out of commission for a few days, but I didn't feel like sick. Just got a nauseous feeling. And I did get, like, cold and clammy sweats at times, which was weird. But it's over. It's past. I feel great. And this last week's episode was posted uh, six days late because of that, because I had no <laughs> desire to function <laughs> on a human level. It was just like, okay, we're doing basic survival needs the next few days, and that was about it. I hardly ate anything. Ugh. Well... You know, if you see like uh, you're like, hey, I haven't I haven't checked uh, all queued up in a in a week. Let's see what's two episodes. <laughs> yeah, you get two episodes on back to back days this week, so that's going to be awesome. We apologize for that, but it's a double dose of us. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It'll it'll be okay. Uh, it's uh, totally one hundred percent my fault, but you know, I take the blame. Well, you no know, one can really blame me for catching a, whatever the fuck it was. So it is what yeah, it is. But anyway, yeah. we should definitely move on. Uh, maybe to... maybe I should have used a condom at Thanksgiving. That's you know I hear that's the best preventative way to get disease. Did you fuck the turkey? I don't understand. It was warm. <laughs> God damn it! I'm just gonna call you Jay. Um. <laughs> nice call back to Big Mouth season three. Ba da ba ba da ba. Let's talk about Mandalorian and then Watchmen. Or at the same time. Oh, Mandalorian episode four. We finally get introduced to Cara Dune. Yes. So, <laughs> I personally loved the episode because it reminded me of Seven Samurai. It reminded me of of old samurai movies. And, and yeah. I really enjoyed it for that. Uh, you brought up a now, good point about how it was f- structured, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm I did not dislike the episode. I like it very much. However, out of the four episodes, this is the episode that gave me the least overall enjoyment. And I think that's on, the only reason is is because I have seen this particular plot done to death over the years because I mean, hey, Seven Samurai is a classic Kurosawa film, and this is the essential uh trope of that storyline yeah village needs defending you know a uh, the seven samurai were seven ronin which are samurai without a master they train the village how to fight and defend themselves and fight alongside the villagers against their invaders you know uh victory in the end yay everybody celebrate yeah that's a classic tale it's been used in many things before throughout the years doctor who has used it in fascinating and wonderful ways and this was a good way of using it as well however i just feel 
and nothing against Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she is a great actress, and she comes from she's threaded stock. You know, she comes from great pedigree. Ron Howard is a wonderful director and former actor himself. Uh, you know, and she has the background. She's learned all of her life how to do certain things, but I just felt her directing style fell flat. Um, it didn't. It didn't hinder my enjoyment of the episode. I, it's just something that I noticed that it just fell flat for me in that way, in the way it's presented. Yeah, that's I think, what I mean by it. I think a lot of yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people who are disliking the episode, um, they either know about you know seven samurai and they they see all that stuff uh but i was trying to figure out like why they disliked it as much as um or disliked it as like as much as they said they did and talking to a couple people and listening to a couple people talk about it both who loved it and hate and and clearly acted like they hated it i don't know if they acted but they oh one girl that i know was like bryce Dallas howard should never direct anything ever again especially star wars i was like that's not fair and when I talking to her about it and kind of uh, pointed, you know, brought up some points and stuff like that, she was just like, well, this doesn't make any sense and that doesn't make any sense. And the stuff that she was really pointing out about, she was bringing way too much stuff from the EU, which is clearly not canon anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like she was talking about how she thought she knew Mandalorians. And I was like, all that stuff is in the EU. All, and and the thing is, that's not anything to do with her directing style. That's everything to do with storytelling. Which I lore. pointed out as well. I said I said she didn't write the episode. She just directed it. And when it comes to a TV show, she she was literally only directing the actors. Like that's it. Yeah, I think if anything, the the things the the two things that this episode suffers from is the two male villagers that fire that hire and find the mandalorian find and hire him uh i thought their performances were a little bit wooden and shitty but that was their particular performances that in no way detracted from my episode uh enjoyment of the episode i mean they were just subpar actors um yeah, budget can only go so well you know and budget can only go so far uh, the one thing that I didn't really like, and I think this is a directorial decision, I'm sure it was storyboarded in a different way, um, but the ATST, like ATSTs are menacing. They've always been menacing. And this thing looked menacing as hell. We've never seen a more menacing looking ATST walker, especially with the red cockpit interior lights in the night. And how yeah. it looked like the evil eyes. Did you did you read where they got the inspiration on how to make it look like it was coming? How it was coming through the forest? I did not. Uh, Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Bryce style. I don't know if it was Bryce, but somebody somebody who like fixed that up was like, I remember watching uh, a scene from Jurassic World where the uh, the the fake dinosaur that they made up for it. Um, what the hell is it called? I don't remember, but that dinosaur is like coming through the forest at one scene and it looks super menacing because it's giant and coming through a forest. And they were like, I want to do that with the ATST. So that's essentially where they got that idea. Okay. Well, I mean, that was fine because it worked. What didn't work is an ATST walks to a certain point and stops. I know it stopped because it sees a potential water hazard, but not expecting a water hazard. 
but when it stopped, it didn't start firing on like the village itself. It was trying to pinpoint a couple of villagers here and there. I'm sorry. If I'm in an ATST, I'm going to destroy everything. It's got the weaponry. It could have wiped out that whole village and the villagers in less than three minutes. And it just stopped. And it was like, okay, I'm going to focus on this one little asshole down here at my feet. Fuck that. Keep walking. Trounce over them. Yeah, you wouldn't have known that you were walking into a bog trap, but it kind of took me out of the moment for a little bit, and I just think that was a directorial choice. Well, yeah, one of the big things that they was it was I'll, I'll agree was a little strange was that the ATST almost looked like it was its own being that it wasn't being piloted. Yeah, yeah, because um, it like it lifted up his legs and looked down like it was a fucking dinosaur. Um, mm-hmm. And according to what dumb. I understand, that was not that was not Bryce Dallas Howard. That was one. Of, that was somebody else on 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 the team. Um, huh. Yeah, because he even admitted it. Like that's what I'm saying. Is like he talked about. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, shame on her for not overriding his <laughs> choice. I well, mean, because ultimately she is the shot caller for that episode it did it did like i i I get where you're coming from but i but it's not a major thing it's just big enough to point out and saying yeah wait a minute here because here's here's my biggest problem with that nitpick is ewoks oh dude yeah (laughs) so it's like if if we're nitpicking there we gotta nitpick return of the jedi and and i just don't feel like it's necessary Um, no no but you uh, also storytelling i think has gotten more advanced in the years since then uh especially visually um but you know it's something that overall in the end i do forgive because like i said i didn't dislike this episode I would say uh, my, one of my biggest it. one of my biggest gripes with it is, and it's always been my gripe. This is nothing new. I don't know why she keeps getting work, but uh, the girl who plays Cara Dune, Gina Carano, Gina Carano cannot fucking act. <coughs> I thought she did fine in this. I thought she did really fine. I enjoy her character. I do. There were um, so many stiff ass lines and cardboard moments where I'm just like, "Why are you standing like that? You look uncomfortable." Well, I can excuse that because her character is former military, so, you know. I get that. I I understand that that's where that's coming from. But if she's agile enough to stand toe-to-toe with somebody who's been trained in the Mandalorian arts, then she shouldn't be standing like she's uncomfortable because of an injury. Well, again... I'm just saying. Maybe I think that's that, that. We don't know how she was instructed to stand. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, Josh. Is what I'm getting at. This is not. This is not directed at Bryce Dallas Howard, because everything no. I've seen her in, she's exactly the same. She, no, no, I get it. And that's my. That's and really like, I probably was gonna gripe about that regardless. Uh, whoever the director was, it could have been Dave Filoni, it could have been fucking John Favreau, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, she is relatively new. She's not been on a lot of things. I've seen her in the first Deadpool movie, and I've seen her in this. The only other thing that I'm aware that she's been in was one of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. And I'm never going to watch that, so I have no other basis for comparison. You really should. At least four, five, uh, six, and seven. Like, after that, it gets... Like, at least, at least no. 
You're the worst. Um, I am. I really am. I, I here's uh, the thing. I I will I will argue that the first three Fast and the Furious movies take themselves way too fucking seriously. Um, that it's almost ridiculous. But four and on don't take themselves seriously. They know they're basically a live action cartoon and they play with that. Um, and they don't care. But if I want to watch a cartoon, I'll just watch a cartoon. Josh, don't you dare. Don't you dare go. Okay. Boomer. I will mail you a bag (laughs) of gummy dicks. (laughs) I wasn't going to say, okay, boomer. But what I was going to say is that I'm the worst. I know not willing to watch something that's fun is weird to me. Uh, it's just it's not my cup of tea that particular genre of... I also feel like you're the type of guy that wouldn't go watch a bad movie and make fun of it with a friend not pay with it with my own money no see that's that's where you know, I differ because I'm not paying when I go watch a bad movie like when I did TFO for a while uh, I don't know if I've ever explained what Trash Morgia is on the podcast but um, no. basically that's it's my knowledge Basically, the idea, it's no longer exists, but it was in California or is in uh, Sacramento for like 15 years, five years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But the idea was that it would be a summer movie festival every Saturday for six weeks. And every Saturday they would play a a B rated movie, uh, some ancient piece of shit that no one's ever fucking heard of. And what we would do is we'd sit in the lobby and we'd have fun. We'd kind of just you know, dick around and, 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 but you're uh, giving it the mystery science theater 3000 treatment. And that's completely different. That's something I would do. How the fuck do you think I watch fast and the furious? I don't know. Like mystery science 3000. Yeah. Why else would you fucking watch something like that? It's ridiculous and over the top and you laugh. I know. I know it's ridiculous and over the top, but I don't think it's meant to be a funny, ridiculous, over the top thing that way. I don't know, man. I just, I'm hesitant to. I don't don't give a fuck how they meant it to be. And I actually full on believe that after four, they they are making it to be silly and over the top. They're making it to be. Well, they brought uh, not, the Rock in, so obviously, because he's not for. I don't take him seriously in anything. Well, he does mostly comedy most, to begin with. But. The most, the most serious role he ever did was Walking Tall, which is also and a comedy, considering Sean William Scott's in it too. No, that's the Runaway. Walking oh, Tall bad. was with Johnny Knoxville. Again, I no <laughs> distress my point. Walking Tall, Walking Tall was a drama. It was. I'm aware the that retailing. walking. Look, I'm aware that well, walking tall and and uh, the runaway were not meant to be comedies, but the runaway was absolutely meant to be a comedy. Walking tall was not, and it wasn't. I thought the runaway, the original script, wasn't meant to be a comedy, but they changed it in like production, pre-production. I don't. Well, because it just. I don't know, but but no, walking tall wasn't a comedy. No, I know because I've seen the original. Because walking yeah, tall is a remake, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought that was good. I thought he did a fine job in that. And my, that's where you that's where you saw Johnny Knoxville could actually fucking act. My point is, is if you watch this scene, there's a scene, I want to say it's in the fifth, the sixth, I don't remember which, but The Rock breaks, gets his arm broken in the beginning of the film. Oh, yeah, I've heard you told me, like at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he he's, fucking He's goes, like leaving the house, flexes, and no, breaks the out of the cast. Daddy's got to go to work. Yeah fucking flexes off the goddamn cast it's hilarious it's not it's meant not. to be taken seriously oh my god 
Uh, it, it's it's yeah. it's funny. It's fucking not funny. to me. Just hearing about it to me, I'm just like, ooh, it's the rock. I'm sorry. I, I'm just I'm over the rock. I'm way over the rock and have been for over a decade. It's just like if he it's gets attached to, to anything, if he gets attached to anything, I'm like, well, there's you know ten bucks I'm saving. That's the I'm, I I'm just the exact don't want to opposite. watch. I just don't want to watch anything that he's in. I have no desire to watch anything that he's in. I'm literally the polar opposite. I I fucking adore The Rock and everything that he's been in so far. I locked either... him for about two years back in, or maybe three, back in the late nineties when he was a wrestler and he was talking shit. And you know that was fun, but it got old. That shtick got old. And I don't my know, big man. thing, Josh, is I, that I he, locked he, him. He doesn't take himself seriously, and he doesn't take the roles that he plays seriously. He just has fun. And to me, I respect yeah, the hell out of him for that. I, I respect that, too. And I don't dislike him as a person. I didn't say you did. He's an awesome individual. He is an absolutely awesome individual. I'm just tired of seeing how he has essentially been typecast in every role that he's in. And it's boring to me. And I'm just like, I don't want to be bored. And I don't want to take the risk of being bored, and therefore I know I am potentially uh, restricting myself to something I may actually like by being that way. But I still choose to be that way. Well, we got to move on because we're just going to circle this, circle this bush about liking the rock or not because we got way the fuck off topic. Before we move on to Watchmen, because I do want to talk about Watchmen, um, I'll just finish this with um, okay, Boomer. Um, no, that's not a boomer sensibility at all, you fuck. Fucking Christ. Every time I say that phrase, my phone thinks I said, hey, Google. Um, it sucks. <laughs> Every time. It just it just popped on when I said, okay, boomer. It was like, oh, would you use something? Uh, anyway. Well, it just assumes because, you know, that is, uh, I think apparently it's the like, life alert for boomers now. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I like. I really like this episode of Mandalorian. I, I, if, I, I would like to hear what everyone else has to say. To me, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of dialogue and stuff that happens in here that really kind of clarifies who he is. And yes. Josh and I are on the same boat. He's not actually Mandalorian. No, he said in the first episode, I was a foundling once. That to me implies that foundlings are orphaned children that the Mandalorian tribe takes in. And he chose to become a full-fledged Mandalorian in honor, which means that's why he can never take off his helmet in the presence of others or he loses his status. Um, Yes, he does take his helmet off to eat. Of course, he probably takes it off to sleep in. Uh, when it's he's more in a secure more less location, taking, taking it off in front of somebody else. It's taking it off in front of someone he is strictly forbidden to do, or else he loses his status. So therefore, he is not a trueborn Mandalorian. He is Mandalorian in honor because he earned it. He's still trying to earn his sigil. Also, something that this this episode establishes, and if you weren't paying super close attention, or even you know watching it attentively you would not pick up on the fact that they were there for a minimum of three weeks. Um, It wasn't just show up, go to the village, train them in a day, and all that stuff happened in a two-day time span. That took weeks. 
So you're just seeing glimpses of what happened over this three weeks. Yeah, before so, I would say I would say before the montage, it was like a couple days, maybe a few days, and mm-hmm. then after montage, it was probably a couple days. After the montage, I'd say it was a good two weeks. Really, I thought I, would, I was assuming that the montage uh, well, took, the, took over the two weeks, like it was Cara, the two weeks. Cara Dune said to him uh, on that last conversation, "She's like, you know, we did a great thing here a couple of weeks ago." Or a few weeks ago. No. So time has passed, and it's literally been at least two, if not three weeks, since they took down the ATST. But you know, in the point leading up to it, took at least a week too. So the whole reason he went there, and I've heard arguments saying, "Well, you know, this was a pointless episode. Did it didn't tie into anything?" Yes, he went there because he had gone against the bounty hunters guild. He broke the code. He has to lay low in hopes that they're not going to find him. Unfortunately, after about three three to four weeks, a tracking fob did locate him, and now he realizes, I can't settle here. I have to leave. Uh, and he okay. was ready to settle there. See, cause he my, was my ready process, to settle there. My thought process was the... the um the shot of that of that bounty hunter showing up was like maybe a day or two after the the uh, the um, oh my god the marauders came back and they got defeated. Um, no, that was several weeks had passed since. It doesn't. I mean, ultimately, says, it doesn't. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like, yeah. the The point of it is that Mando can't stay there, especially with Baby Yoda. By the way, but he wanted to. Saying, he wanted. I love seeing Baby Yoda around people that don't, uh, that hate it, because they're like, it's not Baby Yoda, and I'm like, yeah, it's Baby Yoda. They're just like, it's not Baby Yoda. I'm like, no one fucking thinks it's actually Baby Yoda. What the fuck are we going to call him, Kevin? (laughs) Somebody said Yodel, and I was like, nobody's fucking calling him Yodos, calm down. No, no, no. Uh, I had a guy, uh... I don't, I don't, uh, everybody, Everybody that has any rational sense knows that most of us, if not all of us, Especially Star Wars fans realize it is not Yoda as a baby. It is not a clone of Yoda. It is a baby of Yoda's species. But it's easier to say baby Yoda than say a baby of Yoda's species. Every time you want to say baby Yoda. Referring to that little green fuck. And also, him holding that little mug of tea. That's going to be the new Kermit. None of my business meme. You watch. I'm no, already yeah. seeing it. I mean, like, it's going to catch it's on. It's not a. It's. I mean, I would argue it's not a. It's not a thing of like, oh, it's going to. Like it is. <laughs> like it's. Oh, I mean, it's currently doing so and has been, but it's going to stick around because Kermit's still around. But this is going to take its yeah, place, absolutely, for the foreseeable future. Um. So, uh, uh, I was I was looking around on uh, Twitter there, like around Thanksgiving, and this uh, cosplayer that I follow who now does ludes. Hardcore ludes, but she, um, she said, uh, I'm thankful for baby Yoda and only baby Yoda or something like that. And, um, I thought that was kind of funny. So I, I was looking through her comments. Don't know fucking why. Uh, I'm trying to find it on my phone here, but basically, cause, cause I was trying to get, I was trying to get the exact name of the species, but this guy was like, it's not baby Yoda. It's, it's this other species. And like the other species that he's talking about, um, is not known to have green skin, but does have giant pointy ears, much like, a what Yoda has. And, um, 
Where the fuck is that? I swear to God, I had it on here. But but this guy's wrong because Yoda's species has not been given a name. There's only been three shown in canon, and he's just clearly no. He is. Wrong. Oh, there it is. Alanic, Alanic species. No, hell no. So hell yeah, no, so he says that Atlantic. right, and I go. My response was: Lanics have five fingers on each hand and aren't known to be green. Next, and he comes back with like telling me to do my research and all this kind of shit. So I responded because he was like, um, "It's it's uh, it's canon. Do your research or something to that effect." And I was like, "Because he was saying old canon or something like that." And I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, he said it was old canon, and I went old canon you literally brought up a race shown in the prequels a race mind you that has different distinguishable features than that of yoda's race i did my research where's yours uh promptly six hours later he deleted both comments (laughs) of course he did it's like don't fucking come out with me with star wars knowledge you idiot i fucking destroy you anywho I like the episode. I don't get why everyone hated it so much. I did too. Um, God, the and most most people that are hating on it aren't giving a reason on on why they're hating it. They're just saying, "Oh, a it's trash." A lot of people are saying it's boring. No, give me a fucking reason. Why do you a lot think of it's trash? It's boring, and I'm like, it's a fucking. <sighs> it's a second. It's a second act in a samurai story. It's a second act in a samurai story. It's a fucking second act mm-hmm. in a samurai story. Um. But but. What act of what kind of story is it? Well, it depends, because, like, I mean... No, no, you were supposed to say, well, it's the second act of a samurai story. Jesus, learn to play Sorry, these I games. did not pick up on that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we should we should definitely move, because looking at, looking at that timer, yeah, yeah, we like, should move on. Um, um, so let's move on to Watchmen, um, since we've been All on right. Mandalorian for... For 20 minutes now um close yeah. to it this fucking episode holy shit first holy first and shit. foremost guys holy keep in mind shit. we are going to talk spoilers because we have to we have to um, on this we just yeah, have it's, to it's it's we're seven episodes in if you haven't watched the show there's two episodes left uh this is becoming one of my favorite shows of all time like it is so well structured and so well choreographed that I, I I can't stop thinking about it the week leading up to the next episode. So, um, do we, like how do we want to dive into this, Josh? Because there's a lot in this episode. In past episodes, let me let me kind of like the past like three episodes were very singular character focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was multi character focused. Yeah, uh, but. All of it from the past three episodes came closer together in this one. Yeah, yeah. We see a lot. In this episode, we do see some of the past, but not a shit ton like we have before. Um. Well, I guess I guess with uh, with Wade, it wasn't a shit ton, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. Um. I I was... It was interesting to see Vietnam post Vietnamese War, like when they're a state. Uh, yeah, yeah, how they became annexed and were the fifty-first state in yeah. this alternate reality. Yeah, uh, they, they, it's, it was so fucking cool because it looked like it didn't change much; that it was still 
Vietnam and still had Vietnam Vietnam structures and all that kind of stuff. Like like America was like you're a state, Viet, but Vietnamese structures. What did I say? Vietnam structures, Vietnamese structures. You know, describing the type of architecture. Whatever. Okay, uh, sorry. The uh, I'm sorry. I'm that guy. I can't help it. Um, because I'm just th- I'm trying to think fast while I'm also replaying the entire thing in my head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. words are not going to exactly come out how I mean them to, but, um, yeah, one of the things that I always thought about, so like the, the, the comic kind of brings up, but doesn't really touch on is how people in Vietnam would just be okay with this suddenly. Like granted, yes, you had, you had Dr. Manhattan walking through as a giant fucking zapping things and blowing them up. But at the end of the day. Like, how would the entire country, how would groups of people in the country just be okay with this? And they show that that, that that's not the case, that there's still a lot of people who are very upset that they're now yeah. that they're now a state of the U.S. And um, that's how Angela's parents die. Straight up. Yeah. Suicide uh, uh, bomber, essentially. Yeah. One of the fascinating things, Josh, I don't know if you picked up on it, but. Uh, this especially with Angela, um, she speaks English where everyone else speaks Vietnamese, but they never address it. They just, she understands Vietnamese and they understand English done and done. Did you ever notice that? Oh, I did. I did. Okay. That to me is fucking cool. Like I really enjoyed that. Cause if you think about it, like if, if, a, if a country just became a state overnight, and they spoke an entirely different language, how would the citizens prior to them becoming a state deal with the fact that our main language in the United States is English? Like, how would that translate? Especially if there's a girl there that is American. You know, I, there's, oh man, there's just so much. There's just so much in the well, I love. Especially the considering, flashbacks. You know, considering the world, um... I wouldn't put it past there being like universal translators publicly placed that Vot Adrian Vot had developed. I wouldn't put it past him. Sure, I yeah, I totally. I, I, I'm just considering, you know, that Vietnam that happened in the late '60s, early '70s, and Angela was clearly born post. She's probably born late seventies, so she's probably you know, this was probably early to mid eighties when that happened. I was thinking it was it was I was thinking it was around eighty five, around the time that yeah, I was I was thinking it was around eighty five ish too, maybe a little bit before. But that's what I love about these flashbacks. It doesn't specify. It doesn't say like how they're able to communicate so well. It doesn't explain how. uh, or what, I'm sorry, what date, like year it is. They, they never touch on that. They just go, here you go. Here's some shit. And mm-hmm. so your brain tries to piece a lot of this shit together. And I fucking love that. Like, it's just, I adore that shit. But Angela's story is so tragic because in this very short amount of time, she witnessed her parents die, got put into a shitty fucking orphanage. And then and then very shortly after that had a moment of like, I'm so happy because my grandmother's here who I've never met before. Oops. Now she's dead too. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Talk about a bad week. That, 
I don't know if it was a that week. Was but. Totally, that was totally a prisoner of Azkaban moment for when Harry is like, yeah, Sirius is my godfather, and he's not a bad guy. He's innocent. He's going to let me go live with him, and then he gets captured, and it's taken away. Yeah. Damn. But it, it does it does explain her character a lot. It explains mm-hmm. her, her, motive, her motives. And next week, we're getting another flashback very clearly that I will we'll touch upon, but they kind of hit on in the at the end of the episode. But um, the one thing I do want to mention is that she became a police officer in Vietnam before coming to the States. Yep. So I'm real interested to see how that pans out. But the rest of the episode has a lot to do with uh, Angela kind of recovering. And after eating a whole bottle of nostalgia and going into a coma and reliving all of her grandfather's memories and how terrible that was and wow yeah yeah yeah, there's there's yeah and i love how lady true is just like almost not give a fuck mode she's like i was asked to save your life so here i am saving your life like i was like holy shit that way the way she delivered that i was like that couldn't have been a bigger fuck you to angela um I, i just loved it so much uh and then the the whole thing, she's like, "What's this hook to me?" She's like, "Well, you need cerebral fluid, and you must receive fresh cerebral fluid from a living host in order to flush out the nostalgia that has bonded to your molecular structure of your brain, your cerebral cortex." And she assumed, "Oh, it's him. He's in there. I know it." And then when she gets in the room, you realize. Holy shit, it's not. And if you had been paying close attention, you would notice, and it's been in more than this episode, like Lady True's company logo is an elephant's head. The T is an elephant's head. It's a very stylized T. Yeah. But there are clearly the top of the T you would like is the ears. And coming down like the main part of the T that's the trunk and the forehead. And there's a couple little tusks coming off of the side, but especially in the Vietnam part of the episode. And then in a couple of other episodes earlier, since she's been introduced, I think there have been little images of elephants here and there. Yeah. Which I didn't notice. I full on didn't notice. And I was, I was scouring Twitter right after the episode aired. And somebody had pointed out somebody, and it was after I mentioned it to you. That's when you went to Twitter. Well, I was I was already on Twitter talking to you, like it was like a simultaneous thing. But mm. you did mention it, and I was just like, no, I didn't fucking notice that. But then I started seeing people talking about it, which is where then people pointed out how the true symbol, Lady True symbol, is a fucking elephant, and uh, and then somebody else, somebody then, else pointed out that they 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 literally Googled Lady True. It took them to a Wikipedia mm-hmm. page about a fucking Vietnam Robin Hood type figure named Lady True who rode an elephant. Yep. She was the Robin Hood of Vietnam and their uh and their folklore. And that's uh, and she's like I'm here to save the world. That's what I'm here to do. And you know, uh you were given aspersions as to cast out on her character about you know what her intentions were you find out her daughter is actually her old ass mother just cloned and rebirthed i i knew Um, i honestly had that theory i was like 
I had this really strong theory. I was like, it's actually her daughter, and she's feeding nostalgia to her about her grandmother mm-hmm. during Vietnam, the Vietnam War. Um, or uh, it's a clone. And so this episode was like, yeah, it's a clone. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the... But, to to, yeah, get, man, to get off uh, Lady True for just a second, because I want to get back to something with her in a minute. Um, I fucking absolutely love Lori's character in this show. Yes. Uh, and the, the, just the matter-of-fact way that she presents... All this information that she got from Angela sleep talking, essentially being under nostalgia and just feeding all of it to Judd's wife, which I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved how she did it. She was just like, fuck it. Here you go. Uh, what do you want to do about it? <laughs> and then the fucking trap door killed me. <laughs> and she's like, really? Who the fuck has a trap door these days? That was just funny. Oh man, it was so good. But yeah, they um they reveal essentially that the fifth there's a fifth cavalry. The seventh cavalry is um basically attempting to capture Doctor Manhattan, or because uh, cause that's the thing is that uh, um uh Senator King they 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 want they they want to capture him so Senator King can recreate the events so he can become the next Doctor Manhattan is what it that's, seems. That's to be. what I'm gathering. Because Lady True believes that it's that they're trying to capture Doctor Manhattan to kill him, and Joe, but 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 Senator Keen, I I can't say Joe Keen because then it sounds like I'm saying joking, um, which might be the fucking point. Uh, he, oh God, maybe he is actually the the second comedian. Well, because Senator because Senator Joe Keen was in the comic, so this mm-hmm. is Joe Keen Jr. But. It's whatever. Um, I know, but what? But what if he's going to have an alias as the comedian, joking? I, 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 I got comedian? you, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, because we've already had a play on things put together that revealed at the end I, of the episode actually, who Doctor Manhattan I is. I actually believe that there's going to be something involving. Do you remember the scene in the comic where Manhattan and 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 comedian are in that bar and there's a Vietnamese woman that's pregnant and she's telling. Uh, um, oh my god she's accusing the comedian she's like you're just gonna leave me here with your baby and he shoots and kills her well, in the face well only because he she slashes him across the face with a broken bottle yeah that's what gave right. him the scar so what if Lady True was the that's baby that's what I'm thinking that's exactly what I'm thinking fuck dude and that the fucking memories the is. memories that are going into the girl are of that. They're are getting the- to that point. What if Manhattan saved that baby? Or just somebody? It's, because it's... Because, I, 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 because the comedian said, you don't give a fuck about any of us because you could have stopped that because you know what's going to happen before it happens. You could have saved her and you did fuck, nothing about show- it. And he says, <laughs> he says, he says... The molecular structure, the molecular structure of her is no different than it was thirty seconds yeah. ago. Yeah, he is. He's basically so, lost touch with humanity at a certain point because he's just. I think he says it matter of factly to Lori. He's like the the uh, uh, elemental structure and the name number of molecules between a live body and a dead body are the same. Um, yeah, but yeah, I because that's the thing is that where. Where uh, uh, she was shot in the comic, because I went back and because I'm looking at my comic right now, um, 
It's it's in the he shoots you in the chest, not in the stomach, oh, not in the, the stomach, chest. not in the head, just in, in the, the chest. chest. Okay. So I'm like, what if Lady True is that baby? Oh fuck me, Lady. Ch- I'm I'm convinced that's how that's where this is going. Lady True is that baby, and Manhattan actually saved that woman and didn't let her die. Oh man, and that's why she is so intent on protecting Doctor Manhattan. Right, right. That's dude. Oh fuck. Anyway, so um. Oh shit! I'm sure there are other people out there that have come to this conclusion as well. I haven't seen well. anyone say it on Twitter. If someone has, I haven't seen it. And there's millions of people on Twitter, so I'm not saying that I, I that it's no, no, that nobody has. But I, I just, mean, anytime you think of an idea, always assume that you're not the first oh, one to think sure, of it. For sure, for <clears throat> sure. Uh, I just like that. I oh man, I want that to be a thing. Anyway. So, so the big, yep, the me big too. fucking, and, but I won't be sad if it's right, not right, right. Well, because I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying this ride. But the thing about the episode was, I mean, did you, did you? I don't know if you mentioned it because I was looking at my phone. I was looking for the stuff that I pulled up that I was sending you. Um, did you mention how Angela's entire, like, she was actually not connected to her grandfather? She was connected to an elephant. Oh, the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well. I find the quote-unquote elephant in the room uh, contexture to that to be more in line with an elephant never forgets. Yes. Because the real elephant in the room is at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Um, so it's revealed that Angela is connected to an elephant because an elephant can handle that kind of treatment. Yep. Um, she she escapes the facility and uh, destroys uh, Balkan Skull. I mean Pirate Jenny and Red Scares. Or Red yeah Red Scares uh, car. Um, that scene was hilarious, by the way. Uh oh yeah yeah. She goes home with an and and she's like shuffling through her her cabinet or drawers and she pulls out a hammer a ball no not a ball peen hammer just a regular hammer. it's just it a matter. regular claw hammer yeah um. And over the course of a conversation with Cal, her husband, mentioning that this was his idea and that he'll that she'll see him soon, which was very cryptic and weird. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. She then bashes his fucking skull open, pulls out a ring with a with a, like a like a piece of metal that's like hovering in between the ring, like in the center of it. Uh, it, it looks she, it looks like an element. It's, it's, yeah. it's the well, it's the symbol for Dr. Manhattan. Right. Um, you didn't pick just, up on before that that he was Doctor Manhattan. No, really. Yeah, not once. Holy shit! Because I did, but it wasn't very long before that. Because <clears throat> well, I'll, she, I'll tell you when. I'll tell you. I'll when tell you it, when the moment I knew it uh, was when she was sitting there after she had discovered she was connected to an elephant, and Lady True tells her. Dr. Manhattan is alive. He's on the planet. He is not on Mars. He is here. He's in Tulsa, and 7th Cavalry is after him. Okay. And I knew right then, I was like, holy fuck, it's her husband. No joke. Like, moments after that is when it it hit me. Yeah, Um, yeah. I thought you were talking about way before the scene. No, no. episodes. No, but as soon as she said that, and I was like, she knows who he is. And yeah, like she, I think she was, got out of there like a bat out of hell. It's her husband. She's going home to him, and sure enough, 
Yeah, it, do- it dawned on me. It dawned on me when she pulls up to her house and the Selvin Calvary is like looking, like spying on her. And as she's going into her house and it shows Cal, I was like, wait, is Cal Dr. Manhattan? Like that was, that was, that's when I thought it. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, so it was moments after you, but I yeah, I thought you were talking about way earlier than that. No, no, um, no, I'm not that clever. I don't, you know, I'm sure the show had given us little teeny hints, clues here and there. Oh, it did. But earlier in that episode, I think it was that episode uh, when she said, "There's never been any cases of full-on amnesia before ever. That only happens in soap operas. Why is it your husband can remember nothing before his accident?" Yeah, and I was like. Oh shit! One That's the, when I started the, thinking uh, it. One of the big clues was when uh, he's talking to his daughters about uh, where Judd went, and he's like, "Oh, there's just nothing. He didn't exist before. He, and he, in a sense, doesn't exist now. He's just very matter-of-factly. It's he's he's gone. Was also a huge hint, but." Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. One of the other big hints that I thought was fucking fascinating is a guy on Twitter says this. He goes, Dan Dryberg named his big blue dildo creation Excalibur. Yep. Dr. Manhattan is Lori's ex, who is now revealed to be Cal Abar. Yep. Cal Abar. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. That's clever as hell. <laughs> oh, I know. Um... Also, uh, and, and also this, a- this this makes me want to see something with fucking Dryberg now. I want to see what old fat Night Owl 2 is up to now. Well, apparently he's in jail, but... Um, oh, is he? Because there's a scene where, where uh, it's like the second or third episode when they first introduce Lori. And she's talking to um, somebody else from the FBI. And there's that shot behind her of the Andy Warhol painting. Mm. Of, of the of the of the of the four of them yeah and i remember she says, that yeah she says you'll cooperate if you want him out of jail sooner oh that's right that's right you're right yeah. he is yep. in jail um also i i sent this to josh because i thought this was fucking rad there is and i'm not joking so if you know the comic and you know like the the connections and stuff with with uh, alan moore uh, the idea of Dr. Manhattan is he is this universe's Superman mm-hmm. because Alan Moore wrote for DC for so long, which is why quite literally like the reason that Ozymandias, uh, Night Owl and Rorschach exist is that is basically like if it's Alan Moore saying if there was a superhero with no powers and extreme wealth, he'd be what Osmandius is. Mm-hmm. If he had nothing and was just a fanboy, he'd be what Night Owl is. Mm-hmm. And if he was a fucking sociopath, he'd be what Rorschach is. Yes. There's no such thing as a superhero like Batman because Batman is fucking absurd. But I also but, believe but, that he is a sociopath. That's <laughs> besides the point. Um... I'm talking about the themes of the comic because I'm just going to pass that. But the idea of, of Dr. Manhattan is he is that universe's Superman. Yeah. No joke. Uh, there is a, there is a black exploitation movie called a bar. Yeah. I saw black that. Superman. You sent me that tweet. <laughs> I know. I was telling it, telling our audience, not you. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> I thought you said when you sent it to Josh, you were talking about your brother. Um, yeah, he sent it to me. Uh, it is a bar. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. that's awesome. Uh, one thing too, I don't know if you've been reading like the Midnight Clock stuff in DC that they've been no. doing the Watchmen stuff. Well, it was revealed that Doctor Manhattan created the DC universe. Yeah, I I saw something about that briefly, and I was just kind of like, I my brain just went okay, whatever, because I didn't give a fuck. Like, my here's my biggest problem. So so when Alan Moore wrote Watchmen. He never wanted Watchmen to be anything more than that standalone comic. Oh, I know. And there's a gag on The Simpsons, I think it's The Simpsons, about, um, like, kid Watchmen or whatever, or like an animated series. There's a lot of jokes like that because that's something that Alan Moore fucking hated about his comics being a thing. This is why he always sells... Or gives the full rights over to the artist because he doesn't want to deal with movie producers. He doesn't want to deal with TV producers. He just wants to make comics. It's 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 the art form he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, you know, he's a bit of a cuckoo, cuckoo. But oh, he's absolutely batshit insane. Um, but and I a think, bit of you know, an egomaniacal twat. But you know, some of, some of those people make the best content. Um, I agree. Uh, Although I do also say that. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was trash. Sure. <laughs> Don't disagree, but... I'm not talking yeah. about the movie. The movie's below, beneath trash. That's a dumpster fire. I'm talking about the comics that he did. I hated them. I knew what you meant. I, okay. I didn't think you were talking about the movie, because you, okay. you specifically said the adaptation or the movie. Oh, boy. I just love... Like, the fact that she pulls the ring out of Cal's head and, said, and like, all of a sudden she's going blue a little bit, and she says, Hey, baby... We're in, tr- we're in we're some fucking trouble or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like I was, I was so I was just like, holy fucking shit. But here's the thing, and I and I can't stress this enough. So that was a shocker to a lot of people. Um, and it is it is a holy shit moment. But a lot of people that I've talked to realize this about the same time we did, right? So the moment she takes it out of his head, we were not like. Whole, like we weren't that surprised we weren't like it we but, weren't blindsided we had a moment to kind of process it a little bit in our brains yeah now casual viewers of this are probably confused as fuck well people that don't have prior knowledge to the comic or even the original movie i think the show does a good job of building up dr manhattan as a massive character Mm -hmm. um to to the extent that when uh when this reveal happens they are confused but i think it's not that confusing i'd say it's on level for them lost confusing which will be more revealed next episode but yeah for us we're just like this is this is amazing and makes perfect sense yeah, um, yeah, at least. And you know, I've I've fans. I've heard some opinions of longtime comic fans of The Watchmen and the uh, movie that absolutely hate this show and think it's dumb. Um, I, so I, I, I don't know, man. I'm. I hope that they stay with it to the end and see it through, and that it comes to a satisfying payoff for them. But right now, yeah, this is some of the best fucking television stuff that's ever been produced. I'm I, sorry. I, the, the, the thing is that I've seen a lot of people complain about this show is that they feel like the characters are completely misrepresented. That the idea of of Rorschach being, 
utilized by a white supremacist group group pisses them off i mean there's some racist people that are like eh, it's super pc and blah 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 but i mean that's stupid um it's just straight up stupid so i'm not even going to give them the time of day but um another complaint that i've seen that i just don't understand is that um it completely ruins the social uh, uh, uh ramifications that the comic was getting at and i'm just like how how does it ruin that it literally follows through with that yeah um, and and that's the thing i think that the original comic was a lot more social commentary than people realize absolutely it, i mean that's that the whole point of it was that but um one thing i do want to talk about briefly before we move on because we, we need to move on yeah um, we're an hour and eight minutes in this episode's been a long one but hey i do thanks these two for shows, sticking with us these two shows are great yeah they're really fun. and and they're great for just different reasons yeah um, so, uh, Craig Mazin, who wrote and directed Chernobyl for HBO. I've yet to watch he, that, but I've heard incredible things. Yeah, yeah, I need to watch it too. He says, you think HBO's Watchmen, uh, blew your mind? Nah, that was just a warm-up act. Next week, Watchmen will blow your mind. And, uh, Andy Richter goes, swinging that HBO insider dick, huh? <laughs> and then Craig, <laughs> yeah. Craig responds with, Craig responds with thwap. <laughs> thwap. So... I I I have absolute I've, I can't even fathom where they're gonna go next. I can't wait, man. I'm super fucking stoked. Um, actually, Josh, before you talk about your funny story, because I think I want to end the podcast on that. Oh uh, come on! Up, you brought it up already. Well, this brings me talking about that HBO thing and 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 excited for next week. Brings up an excellent point that I saw people talking about online. And it was that, uh, oh my god, hey bus, what's up? Just being loud outside my window. Um, this guy talks about how four weeks in, or four weeks after uh, season three of Stranger Things came out, all buzz mm -hmm. online and, and communicating about it had died. Uh, people just stopped talking about it. But four weeks into Mandalorian, seven weeks into Watchmen, people are still talking about it. And... He was basically bringing up how dumping an entire season in one go is what ultimately is going to kill a uh, Netflix and um, like Amazon Prime's like thing. Um, but he says less so Amazon Prime because Amazon Prime has to do with shipping and delivery and all that jazz. So he's just talking about their video service specifically, right? Um, but he's but he's mainly directing this at Netflix that he's always seen as as a complete seasonal dump is bad for a service. Um, and I see where he's coming from. Like... It, it, it's certainly... I see that aspect. I see that side. It's certainly keeping it more relevant longer. Um, yes. It's... it's you're, I do not disagree there. And also, it was revealed yesterday... Uh, Business Insider reported it, I think, that The Mandalorian has dethroned Stranger Things as the most streamed, watched show uh, worldwide. Not just in the U.S., but in the world. So he, he points out to why that is. Because it's not just... If you look at just numbers and how many people watched in a certain time span, Mandalorian killed it very quickly. Due to the fact that it's weekly. <laughs> Which is nuts. Like, 
They're, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe they should do wait until the whole season whole season's done, and then just release it episodically for their bigger shows. Uh, their shows that they know draw a massive audience. Maybe they should do that. I mean, I personally don't like it. I hate waiting. But if it's beneficial to a platform to do it that way, I'm not going to argue with it. I can adjust the way I watch things, and we can always adjust the way we review things. You improvise, you adapt, you overcome. That's what we do. If it's beneficial, fine, go for it. I'm not going to bitch. But, yeah, man, I can see that argument of things clearly. Um, So, I mean, it's keeping it relevant. It's kind of, you know, the last time I ever really looked forward to a new thing each week, because I didn't watch Game of Thrones actively while it was on the air. I never started watching it until the Thursday before the season finale, and then that's when I started binging the series, or two weeks before, uh, so I could watch it all and be done with it before it got spoiled for me. Um Yeah. <clears throat> I think a the lot of last thing comes... I watched episodically that I looked forward to like that on a weekly basis was Lost. I Lost is a fa- like I need to I I should really dedicate a lot of time to rewatching Lost because back when it first came out I hated it after a couple episodes. Because I was that I was that kind of person at the time it came out that was like. A fucking polar bear on a tropical island? This is fucking stupid. Like, I wanted logic immediately. That's um, the thing. And you didn't get all of the answers. I didn't until... understand. Like, I didn't... It didn't matter. It, did, it, was, it didn't... The whole, like, it being a mystery sort of thing that you unravel over time and the, the, the fucking typical Damian Lindelof format. I didn't know. I had no fucking mm-hmm. clue. So, oh, at the time, it was a new thing. Nothing had really been done like that. Yeah, well, yeah, right, exactly. So, I I didn't know, and then like over like a bunch of my friends and family had stuck with it, and like later it got better and better and better, and I just I was stubborn. <laughs> so, dude, it really is worth watching through once. Uh, I've watched through it twice because I watched it. I didn't see the uh I didn't start watching it until the second season. That's when I met Misty and she was super huge into it. So that became one of our things. We watched it every week. And you know, the first season was out on DVD because Blu-ray wasn't a thing yet at the time. So I bought the first season on DVD and the second season on DVD. They came out before the third season, and I was able to watch both seasons in their entirety before the third season came out. And then, you know, week to week, we stayed caught up with it each time. And, you know, that was back when shit was on a fixed September to May production schedule. Episodes broadcast, new episodes from September to December, and then new episodes again uh, from, like, February to May. That's how it was, and you would get reruns in between. So, that was, I mean, that's just how TV was back then. Now, I I don't really watch shit, but I know shit comes out like, things like Preacher dropped whole season week to week, start to finish. But, you know, like The Walking Dead, they do a 16 season, episode season, and they do eight episodes from October to December, then they do eight from February to April. So, 
when, you know, when, when you said, sorry, when you said uh, Preacher dumped a whole season, are you meaning like they uh, they had the old season done and then just dropped an episode at a time? Okay, 10, gotcha. eight, okay, that's yeah. however many episodes, ten to thirteen episodes in a row weekly without any reruns and eruptions. Yeah. So, and I'll, I, I, I can handle that better than getting it for a few weeks and then not for a few months and then a few weeks. I can handle a better, like, have it done like the Mandalorian's doing uh, and the Watchmen's doing. Whole season's done, then they start airing it every week. I can handle that versus the old traditional format because that sucks. I have no patience for that anymore. But I do also <laughs> enjoy the streaming side, the whole season dump side of things on shorter things. It's well, fine. Well, I think, I think for me, I'll, I'll, like somebody mentioned this a while back, and it had to do with the Telltale games. It was that between two hour long episodes of the Telltale games was two months, two to mm-hmm. three months. And um, somebody talked about how like it's really hard to remember exactly what happened in the last episode because it's been such a long time between. And I think that if a show can do a whole season, but week to week with yeah. a, you know, a whole fucking story arc, that's way better and way easier to follow than just straight like nothing, yeah. nothing for like swaths of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, t- I totally agree with you. I think, I think, you know, if, if a season, if a show is going to do a season, do a whole season, like dump that at one time. Week yeah. to week to week, or or just or just don't like wait. Either all at once, or week to week to week, or yeah, I don't mind waiting a long time for a whole season. But um, but yeah, really uh, excited about that new season of Lost in Space that drops Christmas Eve. There's uh, there's that, and they just released a trailer today for Boys season two. Really, they put yeah. a trailer out this morning for Lost in Space, the final trailer for it. Um, yeah, I so need to watch that trailer. It's fuck. Um, uh, we got The Witcher coming out this month. Oh man, I'm yeah, pumped. There's, there's some lot, good shit coming. Good yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to your story, and then we can uh, finish up the podcast. <laughs> All right. Um. So <laughs> yesterday, my daughter. Um. We live a mile from her middle school and what will be her high school because they're on the same campus. It's just a mile away. My mother lives a mile away in the opposite direction. Uh, Misty works from home, and we live on the road we live in. I live in the mountains, uh, and we live on a secondary road. It is a very windy two-lane road. Uh, The school bus will not stop here to either drop off or pick Madison up to or from the way to school because we live in a blind curve, and they are worried that Someone will not be able to stop on the way around that curve. And I get it. It sucks, but I get it. So Misty takes Madison to school every morning. They leave here at 20 after 7. Madison goes to school. And then she rides the school bus home to my mom's. School gets out about 3.15 or 3.20. And she's up to my mom's about 10 minutes till 4. But um, Madison always rides the bus home up there. And she makes her a snack because she has an early lunch, like 11 o'clock. That's way early in the day for lunch, especially considering, you know, she's not home until almost four. She's pretty fucking hungry. So she always uh, makes a sandwich, uh, something like that, when she gets home. 
So yesterday she called. She calls when she's ready to come home. And a lot of times uh, my sister has two younger ne- uh, two younger sons. They're my nephews. One is in first grade and the other one's in pre-K. So they're like six and four, I think, if I'm mistaking their ages. She's going to kill me. The one is just sweet as can be. He's an absolute little angel. The other one, he's he's a good kid, but he is also very um, mischievous. He likes to play rough, and he likes to uh, push it to see how far he can get away with something. So he always irritates the shit out of Madison. She gets annoyed, and she just wants to come home immediately. So every day, if if like he's giving her a hard time, she calls. She's like, I'm ready to come home. Okay. So Misty went to get her yesterday and, you know, Madison made her a sandwich and she was going to the car and she dropped her sandwich in the driveway. She like didn't get a bite of it, just dropped it in the driveway. And instead of going and making another one and bringing it home, she just came on home and decided to, you know, eat something here. But she walked in the front door and she was so sad. I was like, hey, honey, what's wrong? She's like, I'm sad, dad. I was like, why are you sad? She's like, I dropped my bologna sandwich in the driveway. I was looking forward to eating it, and it's it's gone. It's no more. And I just started laughing. She's like, why are you laughing at me? I was like, well, I got to play something for you. She's like, what? I was like, just settle down and listen. And I pulled up on YouTube a video. And if you're not familiar... There was a show back in the 90s on Cartoon Network called Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Um, It was a talk show style show that had Space Ghost as the guest, the, the show host, and his villains from the old Space Ghost series, Moltar was his producer, Zoltar, uh, or Zorak, Zorak, sorry, was his keyboard player, a.k.a. the Paul Schaefer to Space Ghost Dave Litterman. And then Brack was like the goofy Ed McMahon sidekick or uh, Andy Richter sidekick. So Brack became just like huge back in the 90s if you were a fan of Cartoon Planet. And they did an album of Brack just making up goofy songs. Brack sings. And I think it was on, like, the Space Ghost. I think there was an album that had various things. But Originally, originally there was Cartoon Planet, and that had, Yeah, it like, was Cartoon Planet first. And then, then it became Space Cartoon Coast Network. Well, um, yeah, I was like, Cartoon Planet was originally what Adult Swim turned into. Yeah, yeah But uh, Cartoon right. Planet was hosted by Space Ghost, which then yeah. that turned into Space Ghost Coast to Coast as its own show. Yes, yes. And during Space Ghost Coast to Coast, they'd have Brack sing songs occasionally, and people loved them And that's so why much. they did the album. They put yes. out a CD in the 90s. Yes. And it was fucking hilarious. And Brack had goofy songs on there, like one time, you know, he just little sound bites. Like one time, I had a monk. From, I hired a monkey to take notes for me in class. Uh, I was just sitting there, all bored, my mind a complete blank, while the monkey scribbled on little pieces of paper. And uh, at the end of the week, the teacher was like, "Class, I want you to uh, write me an essay using your notes." And I got an F. Uh, or uh, so the 
No, I, I said, I wrote, hello, my name is Bingo. I like to climb on things. Can I have a banana? Eek, eek. I got an F. Told my mom about it, and she's like, I told you never trust a monkey. But Brack has a very exaggerated voice. Extremely exaggerated, and it's fucking hilarious. As a matter hilarious. of fact, the voice that he does, our uh, the guy that introduces our podcast, uh, Cody, or Balthazar, is his yes. online name says, he, he can do a perfect impression. He he does a perfect Space Ghost. He does a perfect Brack. He also does a perfect Homestar Runner. That's and yeah. When when Cody gets together with us and we play Jackbox games over on Twitch on Greg's Twitch channel, we usually have our sides usually hurt from laughter the next day because we have so much fun, you know. And I do a pretty mean uh, Hank Hill myself, and I can do a few other voices too. So when we get into these impression modes, it's fucking hilarious. I, but, there yeah. was a moment where we had uh, Brack talking to Hank Hill, and it was fucking brilliant. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. Boy, what in the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, but uh, you're welcome. It was good. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so the whole reason I'm getting this, my daughter dropped her bologna sandwich, and she was sad. So Brack had a song about his bologna sandwich. And it goes, I once had a beautiful sandwich. He's singing about his bologna sandwich that he thought somebody had stolen. And then at the end of it, it turns out he sat on it. It's only like a minute long. It's on YouTube. Just Google or just search for Brack Sandwich Song and it'll come up and play. I played that for my daughter and she just looked at me and almost started crying. She's like, why are you waiting? Why are you making fun of me? I was like, this is what completion feels like. Finally, um, you know, joking around because... To me, it's just something like that that actually came to have a real-world implication 25 years later is just the funniest fucking thing ever. I laughed so hard about that for hours yesterday, and I'm sure you're like, yeah, that's not a great story. Fuck you. It was awesome. Let me have my moment. <laughs> but, oh, my God, it was so great. Look, I dropped my bologna sandwich, and I just played me, that song. That's the part of the story that I love the most is that just her utter disappointment by the bologna sandwich. And then you're just like, I'm going to make this worse. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the benefits of being a parent. Um, you can totally do that. And, and it's not in a malicious way. No ill intent was intended. You know, I don't abuse my child. But God damn it, if I can give her just a little bit of grief and get laughter out of it, I will. <laughs> yeah, well, that's 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 uh, how that works out. I mean, oh, my God damn it. I've done that shit to my parents and they've done it right back to me. So I get oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's just, just so funny. I grew up in a household where my mom would always laugh when I tripped and then asked me if I was okay. So I've grown up to kind of not take everything too seriously and, and like take, you know, not take myself too seriously. And I think that when a parent kind of treats their kids like that, to understand that the world is not as serious as you want to make it out to be. Um, they and it's grow also to be, not, it's oh, also not going to stop to check and see if you're okay. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, like that's that's like ha, ha ha you fucking fell idiot how you doing um my mom's favorite phrase was god'll get you every time uh sure i heard that every fucking time i tripped and fell sure he will well <laughs> sorry that's just her phrase i'm just saying i heard a lot yeah yeah i'm just I like every every parent that i know does not pamper their kids and i'm very happy to see that but that's also all the parents 
I know. So yeah, that's I've seen some seriously pampered fucking kids that need to be mm-hmm. unpampered. Like, for real? I'm of the parenting mentality. I'm going to tell you no one fucking time. And then if you do what I told you not to do, you'll find out why I told you no to begin with. Whether it be a physical consequence of, how that fucking hurt. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm not saying, you know, I beat my kid. Never want. I spanked my kid one time when she was like three and it got on my nerves really bad. And I smacked her on the ass one time. And the look that she gave me, I was like, oh, God, I felt terrible about it. And I never wanted to do it again. So she is disciplined, but she is disciplined in different ways, as in loss of privileges. Um, So, you know, I don't want to get into a whole parenting debate about proper ways to parent because there is no Dr. Spock one way to fucking do things. Right. You know, my kid is a completely different individual than I was, and I'm definitely not going to parent her the way that I was parented because that was fucking wrong. Uh, That's a story for another day and for a therapist. (laughs) Um, But, but, but yeah, man, I mean, everybody's kids are different and everybody's family dynamic is different. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people, they're just appalled when they learn that I fucking don't filter my language when I'm around my daughter. I was like, my daughter knows the settings of what language uh, is adult language and when it is appropriate to use and not. And she doesn't use it in my presence. And I know she doesn't use it at school, but I know she uses it among her friends. And you know what? When I was fucking 12, I did the same fucking thing. I'm not an idiot, but she won't use it in front of us, you know, because she's respectful. Um, And I'm fine with that. Don't have a problem with that at all. Because you know what? The word fuck never hurt nobody. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I just thought it was no, it's funny. funny. No, funny it's, it's, it, it is funny. But we should wrap this up since we're approaching an hour and a half on our recording. I know that there's a little bit of da- downtime, so well, it's yeah, not exactly mean, an hour and a half. But I paused it at 41 minutes in so I could get a glass of ice water because my throat was getting dry. And I edited that part out, but now you're aware of it. So still, it's going to be an <laughs> hour and a half. I was trying to be vague, but that's fine. I don't give um, a shit. It's not like I said, <laughs> well, you know, while I was talking about the first part of that story, Greg went to pee. Uh, but I kept All talking. Right. But, you know, I didn't tell him that. So they don't know. Fair. Uh, oh, geez. Well, I don't know where this is coming from. All right, here we are. I also had to poop a little bit, but, you know, they didn't need to know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> leaving that in, too. Fuck it. Self, right. Self-defecating humor. Wow. Wow. Well done. You're welcome. Well done. <laughs> Guys. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, if you uh, listen to this week's, yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be last week, but fuck it. Um, we uh, it was uh, our Thanksgiving be- episode that published <laughs> in December. Yay! <laughs> it published uh, this morning, December fifth, as we're recording this. You know, uh, fourteen hours later after it published, and this will be published uh, on December sixth. So hopefully, you're listening to it. On the day it published, or at least after, but it will be published on the 6th, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wanted to uh, uh, let you guys know that we're watching... it basically, what I'm saying is if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. But uh, we're going to be watching uh, Marvel- Marvelous Miss Maisel Season 3 yep. and uh, the movies that made us, which is by the guys who make toys that made us. Yep. 
Um, plus, we'll be talking about the next episode of Mandalorian and Watchmen. So there's all that. Yep. Um, Looking forward to it. I've already actually been going back and watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season one. And uh, I'll watch season two as well. Just to, I like to do that before. Because um, I'm that way. It's not that I don't remember the events. I just like to replay those events so they're fresh in my mind. It's kind of like a continuation when I go into it. And it drops the 6th, so, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've got to get it watched by the 11th so we can record. I yeah, do I got, have a doctor's um, appointment that afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but by the time that's done and I'll be home, you should be finishing up work and getting in. So it shouldn't interfere with our recording schedule because I don't have an episode of figure bagging that night. So anytime that night's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there's a thing I want to talk to you about after the podcast about recording because, um, trying to fit it in after work is a pain in the ass. So, um, Okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll we'll talk about it after. Well, we can do it that uh, morning too. It's, it don't matter either that morning. Well, or that's the that's kind of what I'm 12th. getting at. It's kind of what I'm getting at. But we'll we'll, we'll anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm flexible. To that. Uh, but yeah, guys, watch those shows. Join us next next week. Yeah, next week when we discuss them. Uh, other than that, yeah, follow us on the social medias. Um, uh, all, the, all wow. the links, all the links to the social media for the show are below in the show notes. Uh, below the show notes, so my brain wanted to forget every single link, so there was that. That's okay. But that's well, that we works. have the Discord server, we have our Redbubble store, uh, we have the Facebook uh, page where official announcements are announced. We have the uh, all queued up discussions page on Facebook, which. We need to utilize more because when we have utilized it, we've had good responses. Um, you know, we need to bring that back, uh, especially since we're talking about things other than, you know, the Watchmen and the Mandalorian. I mean, come on. I'm sure we can get some good discussions going there. We should do that. Maybe make a post this evening about that. How's that? Uh, but there's also the Twitter link and the Instagram link. So follow us on those. As for me, myself, personally, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook under my regular name. Uh, my social media profiles to Twitter and Instagram are linked there. Uh, you can also listen to my goofy ramblings and other factoids and other annoying anecdotes that I like to do. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me on the Figure Banging Podcast, which is on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. That airs every other Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Last night, we looked at the new masterpiece of MP45 Transformers um, Bumblebee 2.0. Uh, interesting episode. Uh, I personally am not a fan of the aesthetic of the figure, but a lot of people seem to like it, so check that out if you're a Transformers fan. Uh, as for that, uh, every other Friday, or n- no, not every other Friday, shit, as well as every Friday here on All Queued Up with Greg, you can catch me every Friday night live on MPSP Theater, where me, Nick, Russ, Sam, and Rob discuss various... Uh, stories in the pop culture and entertainment geek world on a weekly basis and espouse our differing opinions on those so if that sounds like fun give us a follow well that's everywhere where i'm at greg what about you 
Um, uh, anywhere you want to search for uh, Chub Rock Geek, you can find me. Honestly, I you can Google it and find all my social medias: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Yahoo, uh, Twitch, uh, Brains Melting Mixer. Um, that sounded but the like other it thing, hurt. Are you okay? Yes, yeah, so I was. I was intentionally making it sound like it hurt. Oh, because I thought it was funny. I thought you were like trying to hold back a burp or something. That's what it sounded like. No, trying just, not to burp and talk at the same time, and how that can really hurt. That's not how it was meant to sound, but, but I that's get how, how it, it sounded. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing, guys, is that I um I really want to try and stream some Jackbox this Saturday. That would be um, great. We've got no plans. I would love to be doing that. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, the the only thing that could kind of stop me is that um, I don't know what time I'll be done with work. It's fine. Uh, however, the thing with DoorDash is that when it's raining, it's it's a money making season. Like people are willing to tip extra because they're like, "Well, he has to go out in the rain, so throw him a couple extra bucks." I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Yay!" So we make a hundred really quickly, and that's what that's our goal every day is to make a hundred. So hopefully we can make a hundred, and I can end early and then come home and stream. That'd be great. I'd fucking oh, I'd be oh, happy is with it that. Supposed to rain this weekend? Yes, over here at least. Oh, nice. Because you guys don't get a th- lot of rain. No, so that's why I'm saying that. Like when Californians deal with rain, they're like, "I'm not fucking going out in that." Are you kidding, dude? That's dude. that's that's devil water, dude. Stay out even longer and make more. Well, we can only go out until it, it starts to get dark. Yeah, yeah. I know your dad can't see the drive well at night. So, I mean, yeah. stay out that long and maximize your earnings is what I'm saying. Well, we're also going to work Sunday. And if it's raining on Sunday with football, oh, hachi machi. Christ. Hot hachi, hachi, hachi machi. Uh, I'm thinking about trying to go out at 9 a.m. on Sunday. You know, yeah, hopefully like, somebody's like, oh, I want some chicken wings before the 10 o'clock game. Yep. Do Which it. is your one o'clock game? Yep. Um, but yeah, so Which the Raiders can fun. never win when they play at a one o'clock game. Never. Mm. Well Tuesday <sighs> Tuesday, like I'm down ta- I'm taking off. I don't give a fuck. Like King of Cards comes out Tuesday, the Shovel Knight expansion, plus oh, the okay. fucking fighting game with it. Nice. Like if you know me, Shovel Knight is one of my fucking That's favorite games absolute, of all time. Yeah, one of his favorites ever. Uh and he's very I would say good at them. I thank you. Um, I would say like my top three games of all time is Portal Two, Shovel Knight, and Mario Three. Not in any specific order, just but those that's three your games. Three favorite games that you could play anytime, all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably have. <laughs> and I have access to all three right now. And I've watched you play two of them. Yeah, I can't really stream my my Switch, so there's that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm very excited about this shovel. Knight. I've been waiting over two years for this expansion. I feel awesome. like maybe longer. I don't know. They've been talking about it for, let me, they, that was the thing is that, uh, the plague Knight, specter Knight, and King Knight DLCs were all stretch goals on Kickstarter. So back before the game's even fucking initial release, they promised those three expansions. So I've known about that one for a while, for a long time. Dude, I, I I love looking forward to something like that when you're really excited about it and it's something that you love. It's just like, oh, that anticipation for when it's getting ready to drop, it's great. They've delayed it. So yeah, they it's they delayed, delayed it three I times. 
three times so that way they can I would make it rather perfect. something be delayed and done right than put out when they said it was originally initially going to be put out and have it be flawed. Oh yeah, wholeheartedly Take agree. Take your time and make it right and I'm fine. I hate waiting, but I would rather be getting what was intended to be delivered than something promised and underdelivered. Yep. Oh, looking so. at you, No Man's Sky. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because No Man's Sky is a thousand times better now. Oh, it is. Yes, uh, it is. But the hype that was there for it versus the the interest in it now, yeah, is so vastly different. Yeah, because absolutely. it was overhyped and underdelivered. And and Sean Murray and everyone at that company have said like, "Whoopsie doodle." So, Dolly, he totally ate crow on it, and he's, oh yeah. To his credit, he has done everything to try to get everything that he promised implemented into the game. What, what pissed me off so much is that launch. what pissed me off so much is that people kept saying that Sean Murray lied. Sean Murray lied, and I was like, he never lied. Everything that he said, they wanted to do, and they eventually did. Uh, yeah. The problem was is that he was doing that in lieu of being signed with PlayStation, yeah. and he was trying to sell the game as they told him to do. So mm-hmm. it wasn't lying as much as it was like ambitious marketing <laughs> that just didn't overly fulfill. ambitious marketing that caused misinformation and misunderstanding in the consumer base, which led to uh, unwarranted outrage. Gee, right. the internet getting outraged at something. I know. Who it's weird. Fucking thought that. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up because uh, it's a hot, it's a long one. It's a hot, long one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for your continued support. Uh, yes. Anything you want to add to that, Greg? Nope. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be playing a lot of Mario Maker and Shovel Knight in the next couple weeks, so I'm excited about that. But uh, Mario awesome. Maker just came with a huge expand, like a huge update where they added like Legend of Zelda to it, and <sighs> Link, Link doesn't control like Mario at all. At fucking all. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's 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 really fun. Um but uh Ooh, does he does he act like Link from Zelda 2? Yes. <gasps> wow. He has a that's downstrike. Cool. That's he has a downstrike. Cool. Uh he uh That's fucking cool. If you hold down, he'll pull out a shield and block things. If you hold down the left bumper, he'll pull out a bow and arrow, and if you press up or down, he'll aim it. Um he can, if you press down and, and Y, he'll charge his sword and then dash forward. If you press up and Y, he'll pull out a bomb that you can throw. Oh, my God. That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's All fucking right, yeah, rad. Enough about that. Um, Because <laughs> you're going to get me wanting to talk about something else, and we'll be on here another 20 fucking minutes, and, you know, we're trying to end the show. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, guys, so, like I said, Marvelous Missile Season 3, uh, Movies That Made Us, next episode of Mandalorian, next episode of Watchmen. Join us next week, and we'll talk about all of that. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>